0: Bismillah ar rahim Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen, wa s-salatu wa s-salamu ala ashraf al-anbiyae wa mursaleen, muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'een. Allahumma allimna ma yanfa'una wa anfa'una bima allamtana wa ilma wa alhiqna bi'ibadika as-salihin, amma Alhamdulillah, tonight, uh, the chapter Suratul Nisa was commenced. Suratul Nisa means the chapter of women. And this is something exclusive to the quran Karim, in which an entire chapter, a long surah has been dedicated to women and these servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commences this surah with Ya ayyuhannasu attaqoo rabbakum O people, O mankind, be conscious and have taqwa. And the ulama say this is the first responsibility which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed on the men of this ummah with regards to their women. Whether it be their mothers, their wives, their daughters to adopt an approach of taqwa and being conscious of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Many times a person <clears throat> regards or we are under the misconception that a person is dar and he's religious and he's upright. If outwardly he is dressed appropriately and he conducts himself very nicely when he meets people and he smiles and he makes salam. But how he conducts himself in his house, this doesn't occur to us that piety is related to that as well. Rasulullah himself states in a hadith, khayrukum khayrukum li ahlihi wa ana khayrukum li ahli. The best amongst you are the ones who display the best character to their wives and their families. And I display the best character to mine. So in the surah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala highlights the rank and the status of women and the responsibilities that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed on both men and women. In a verse of the surah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also reminds us Between men and women, you shouldn't aspire to attain what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has entrusted to the other. For men is that which they have earned from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and for women is those responsibilities and those virtues that they have earned from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For example, Nabi Wasallam says in a hadith that your paradise and your jannah is beneath the feet of your mother. So yeah, we don't say no, we need gender equality and uh, this is A bias against men and it's in favor of women, and therefore, now that uh, gender is fluid in this day of fitna and facade, so every father wants to become a mother also so that he can have Jannah beneath his feet. Allah says, There are certain virtues that Allah has given a father, certain responsibilities Allah has given men, and that is their duty. And there are certain responsibilities that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given our mothers and sisters. And there are virtues in, in their responsibility and their existence also. And sometimes it supersedes that of, of, of men. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala therefore in another verse to remind us that in terms of attaining the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala a man is not better than a woman. It depends on who excels in the service of Allah. Inna al-Muslimina wal-Muslimat wal-Mu'mineen wal-Mu'minat wal-Qanitin wal Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala mentions in great detail the Muslim men and women, the believing men and women, those who are dedicated in their worship, men and women, those who make sabab, men and women, those who give charity, men and women, and those who fast, men and women, those who remember Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, men and women, those who safeguard their private parts and their chastity, men and women. Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala mentions all these characteristics. And... Because of the environment in which we live, sometimes our mothers and sisters are made to feel that they are less significant, whereas in terms of sharia, in terms of Islam, we see the rank that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed them with. Now, there's a big difference, respected brothers. One is what Islam has afforded women. And many times we say, you know, Islam has afforded the rank and honor to women at the time of the dark ages in which women were just mere commodities and they were inherited as part of the estate and they had absolutely no rights even up to, it, up to the recent few centuries ago Yes, that is something valid but there's a difference between what Islam teaches about women and how Muslims conduct themselves towards their women There's a big difference One is Islam and the teaching of Islam and one is how we are conducting ourselves So our mothers and sisters should always feel that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has honoured them with a rank and the ability to reach Jannah with less effort than even a man. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says in a hadith, al mar'atu idha sallat khamsaha, if a woman is regular with her five times salawat, wa samat shahraha, and the month of Ramadan comes, she fasts the month of Ramadan, wa ata'at zawjaha, and to ensure the harmony in the house, she lives peacefully, and she is loving and and courteous towards her husband. And she safeguards her purity and her chastity. It will be said to her on the day of Qiyamah, you choose which one of the eight doors of Jannah you wish to enter into. And I'll just share a short story. I like to just touch on some stories because we remember those more than any of the anecdotes or any of the the points that we mentioned. So there was, in the time of the Sahaba, a man by the name of of Abdul Rahman, his nickname was Farrook. And it's a famous story, but I wish to to share the, the message of how one lady can attain a rank which we can desire and aspire to. As men, we would wish that, how we wish that we re- receive that. Even before this incident, who was instrumental in the Islam of Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab? His sister, Fatima ibn al-Khattab. When he went and he heard she became Muslim and he barged into her house and he saw her reciting something. She was with her husband in Sayyidina an, And then he... he he slapped her and she began to bleed and she said Oh Umar if you are the son of Khattab I am the daughter of Khattab do not think that your physical strength is going to intimidate me I brought Iman in Allah and his Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam so he melted at, out of regret for, for causing this harm to his sister now Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab without going into a long story everybody knows his legacy and what a great person he was when he embraced Islam Rasulullah Sallallahu said if there had to be a prophet after me it would have been Umar ibn al-Khattab Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa said Every ummah, every nation has got an individual who is divinely inspired Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala enters into his heart The correct opinion at various uh, difficult situations And he gives the correct opinion and advice And in my ummah it is Umar ibn al-Khattab So many countries, Egypt and which means North Africa, Syria, Iraq These countries were conquered in the khilafah of Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab Radhiallahu an." And his Islam was at the hands of his sister. His Islam was at the hands of his sister. So the barakat and the reward of those conquests will be in whose hisab on the day of Qiyamah. She didn't go in battle. She didn't wage any war. the Fatima bint Khattab radiyallahu anha. But all that is in her hisab. If we teach a person to say one subhanallah, like for example, Nabi Wasallam said, Subhanallah, Garsun fil Jannah. To say, Subhanallah, is planting a, a, a tree in Jannah. Okay? So if all of us say, Subhanallah, once now, say, Subhanallah, brothers and sisters, Subhanallah. So when we say, Subhanallah, now, we should have yaqeen that every person planted a tree in, in Jannah. But there's a small difference. Each person sitting here planted one tree. But inshallah, when we meet, then in my jannah, there will be trees equal to the amount of people who said subhanallah. So he said, Umar radiallahu anh, he was the conqueror of Iraq and Sham and, and Egypt. But his sister Fatima radiallahu anha, she was the key to his iman. So this tabi'i, whose name was Farrook, he was a servant of a sahabi. He... <coughs> Constantly stayed in the companions, companionship and the company of the, the companions of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi and at one stage he got married in Medina Munawwara, he was a young man, and the call came, that who is ready to go and assist on the frontier and the borders of Islam, because the Muslims are under attack? So he tells his wife that I've got this 30,000 dinar and coins, you use it for yourself, and um, when I get back, we'll, we'll decide what we're going to do ahead in future. So he goes out and he's sent further and further. And it wasn't like, you know, you're going in Jamaat for three days or 40 days or four months. A whole year passed. And then there was no news of him whether he was injured or he survived or what had happened. And he was sent further. The Sahaba sent him further and further. And some narrations say more than 20 years passed. Now he's a bit old. And he decides, I need to go back to Medina. I don't know what happened to my wife. And so he goes back to Medina, not realizing that when he left Medina Munawara, his wife was pregnant. So he comes back into Medina Munawara after 20, 27 years. Obviously, it's not going to be the same. There's new, new houses, there's new streets, new alleys. And he finds difficulty to locate his, his house. Eventually, he comes to what he regards to be his old residence. And the door is open and he walks in. He sees house. he says, Asalamu when he walks into the house and there's a young lady in the, in the house, and she shrieks, and the husband comes down and pushes him and says, Yeah, adu Allah, oh enemy of Allah, how can you enter in Medina Moravarah enter somebody's house without permission? He says, Hada bayti, this is my house. And the young man is saying, wa rabbil I swear by Allah, it is my house. And an elderly lady comes down and she looks and she says, this is your son and this is the father she recognized her husband this was Abdul Rahman who was known as Farrook she says this is your son his name is Rabia and uh, Rabia this is your father Abdul Rahman so they embrace and they go into the house and now it's 27 years of a report back there was no devices in which they could ma- maintain contact so sitting with the family and he sits with his, with his wife at night telling her what sacrifices he made and what a great share she will have in what he had achieved in the spreading of, of Islam. Then he says to her, where is that 30,000 that I left? There's a lot of money, you know? So she remains silent, and many times the wisdom of the wife is what secures the sanity of a husband. Even Rasulullah Wasallam, when uh, the sahaba were unable to make umrah, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala instructed them that they, can, they will not be able to go into Makkah. Now they need to come out of the state of ihram. Rasulullah was perplexed. And he told the Sahaba that make halk and come out of the state of ihram. And they were shocked because it, they, they were not sure perhaps the injunction would change that they, they could go into Makkah. So Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa felt disappointed that why aren't they responding? But it wasn't out of disobedience, it was just the state of mind in which they found themselves. So, Umm Salama radiallahu anha said to Rasulullah, O oh, Nabi of Allah, go outside and have your hair shaved and then you'll see what happens. So, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam went out and the Sahaba radiallahu anhu, weeping, uh, they were, they started shaving their heads. So, sometimes the advice and the counsel of one's wife can save a person from distress and we all need to take cognizance of that. So, Rabi'ah asked, Where's the 30,000? So, she remained silent. And they sit here and talking. and then they hear the adhan for fajr. So he says, hey, I remember, that I've got a son. Wake him up for fajr, we need to go for salah. She said, oh, uh, Farrukh, he's gone for fajr. We you know, in Medina Munawara, you have the adhan for tahajjud. He's gone at the first adhan already, he's not here. So he goes to the masjid, they perform salah. After salah, he says, he's about to stand up. And he notices everybody moving forward to the front of the masjid. And there's a huge gathering. And there's a person delivering a, 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 a dars and a lesson on the hadith of Rasulullah. Sallallahu and he's listening and he nudges the person next to him and he says Mani Shaykh, who's this, this uh, eloquent uh, lecturer so the man looks at him and he says لَعَلَّكَ min ahli al it looks like you're not from Medina how can you be from Medina and ask who's the Shaykh speaking after Fajr so he said no no I came back after a long time and uh, so uh, he said no this is rabi'atul rai al-Ra'i. So with his name he added the word Ra'i. Ra'i means a person with sound intellect and he's got a strong opinion with regards to Quran and Sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So he said, Rabi'atu ar-ra'i, what type of name is that? You didn't tell me what's his father's name. He said, no, we heard his father's name is Abdul Rahman and he was gone for many years and there was a rumor that he is around and he's, he's back in Medina. So he doesn't realize he's talking to the father of Rabia. And then he realizes that that person teaching he is his own son so he goes back home and he is elated and he tells his wife what did you do she said there's your 30,000 she said the money that you left behind I invested it in the education of my child I in, in, invested it in ensuring that the best teachers prepare him and respected brothers the point I want to share with you and my respected sisters as well is that in the lessons of this particular individual Rabi'at al-ra'i was Imam Malik ibn Anas, anh, one of the four Imams. And also in some narrations it is mentioned that Imam Abu Hanifa also benefited from Rabi'ah al Rai. These are the two most senior jurists of Islam. Imam Shafi'i is a student of Imam Malik and the student of Abu Hanifa, Imam Muhammad ibn al Hassan al Shaibani. And Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal is a student of Imam Shafi'i. All four Imams, they've got a link to Rabi'ah. And Rabi'ah, besides the sacrifice of his father, his accomplishment was through the sacrifice and the support of his mother. She's, which means that, that today a person makes salah uh, practicing on the jurisprudic views or any masala of din, not only salah, hajj, zakah, any of the jurors of Islam, Imam Abu Hanifa, Imam Malik, Imam Shafi'i, Imam Ahmad, then the reward of that goes to the mother of Rabi'a Ra'i as well. So respected brothers, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made our mothers and sisters the most valuable. It is just for us to understand our value. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us tawfiq in this month of Ramadan to do some introspection and adjust where we fall short and see what our weaknesses and shortcomings are and turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for guidance and also make dua for our our spouses make dua for our children make dua for our community may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us all the understanding wa akhidu da'wana <speaking> ilhamdulillahi rabbil alameen subhanallah wa bi hamdihi subhanallah al Allahumma inna nas'aluka al wal'afiyah wal-afiya fi al wa al-dunya wal-akhira Allahumma a'inna ala al wal-qiyami wa ghadh al-basari wa hifzhi <Hebrew> al-lisan وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه اجمعين والحمد لله رب العالمين